You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. What are we talking about today? After nearly a year of unrest, Portland leaders pursue a crackdown. Now, we've covered this before, but as time goes on and nothing really happens and the peaceful protesters keep doing their thing, we've got more impacts to the businesses and the people in downtown Portland, in a lot of these areas, Seattle, same thing. You've got businesses and people going, hey, we don't want this to continue. But I don't think there's any more of a hot spot in the United States other than here in the Pacific Northwest, specifically in Portland. That's what we're talking about today. Before we jump on in, if you're new here, thanks for joining. My name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. And I read news like this, news that reasonable people want to hear. All right, let's get into it. You know what? Before we do that, I'm going to just go through a, a quick article. That's kind of the overall view of, all right, Portland leaders are crack, cracking down as we see it. Um, but here's an actual article from the Oregon Live. Goldmark jewelers to close after 46 years as other downtown business owners contemplate their futures. I'm just going to read a couple of quick uh, paragraphs from here because this kind of tells this tells the story in a real direct. Here's what's going on. Cal Brockman has spent the last 46 years designing and creating custom jewelry at his downtown Portland store, Goldmark Jewelers. Until last year, he had no plans of vacating his longtime storefront at the corner of Southwest 10th Avenue and Southwest Taylor Street. But foot traffic plummeted downtown after the start of the coronavirus pandemic, while vandalism spiked as nightly protests consumed downtown last summer. Yeah, that was brutal. And it's still ongoing. They're still doing direct direct action protests. Just uh. Two windows and the glass door at Brockman's store were shattered on three separate nights. Boom, uh, boarded up. Boom, get the glass back in. Boom, happens again three times. We talk about this pretty often in this podcast. Yes, it's just glass. Yes, it's nothing that is alive. However, this is breaking the law and this is this is not good for downtown because literally it's pushing people out like this guy who's had this business for 46 years. Maybe he's maybe he's at that point where he's like, you know, pretty close to retirement. I don't want to deal with this stuff anymore. So you've got somebody who's been in business for years and years and years. And he's going to say, you know what? I don't really need this anymore. Kind of like a cop who's been on the job 25 years. Hey, you know what? My retirement's in place. I don't really need this anymore. I think I'm going to go do anything else other than run this store and be a cop in your city. That's kind of where we're at. When his lease, when this guy's uh, lease came up for renewal this spring, Brockman decided he would close rather than sign a new lease. He is offering steep discounts to clear his stock of jewelry and hopes to continue operating his business online once he closes his shop for good at the end of June. Business owners have been raising alarm about the state of downtown Portland since last summer, but only a relative few permanently closed last year. However, Several downtown businesses, including Goldmark Jewelers, have announced plans to close over the last few weeks, and others could face tough decisions as their leases come up. Can you imagine? Um, yeah, I'm at the end of my lease, and I cannot find a really good reason why I should continue with the store, Brockman said. It's the last I'm going to read on that. 
But could you imagine being a business owner here? Okay, our leader, our fearless mayor is, you know, he's really cracking down on things, but this keeps happening. I've got a lease that's coming up. It's an expensive lease. I am not making much money. We're closed. We're open. We're shut down. We're 50% capacity. We're 25. Hard to know where we stand. Are people going to come back to downtown Portland in the, in the state that it's in right now? I mean, I don't see a lot of families going, hey, you know what? You know what? We should really take a vacation and check out downtown Portland. We should go do that. I don't see that being a real reality. And I'm not trying to be down on Portland, but the look that it has right now, it's not exactly conducive to people going downtown. You got homelessness everywhere. You got drug dealing going on. You got crime going on. You've got the protesters going through and whacking stores. So a lot of the storefronts are all boarded up. So it's just got, and then, then, then on the boarded up storefronts, you've just got graffiti everywhere. Not a good look, kind of a real rough escape from New York look, right? I, I reference that a lot because if you watch that movie, it looks rough, kind of like what I'm describing. It's like, oh, it, but it's Hollywood rough. You know what I mean? Portland, it just looks rough right now. All right, so let's get back to the the main main story here. Mayor Ted Wheeler said he wanted to unmask demonstrators who engaged in property destruction. So we have gone from the summer of love and block party and just, ah, oh, we're having a great time here. Those were comments made about CHOP, you know, during the same time. We had city council members in Portland taking selfies with the protesters back when it was all just a cool thing to do. And yay, let's go. And now we're wanting to unmask demonstrators. Ugh, we're getting we're getting down there. We are pursuing a crackdown. We haven't done one yet, but we're pursuing a crackdown. The Oregon City has seen regular demonstrations since the murder of George Floyd. After the protests have concluded, sometimes in the early morning hours, Margaret Carter finds herself climbing into her gray Toyota Camry and cruising the streets of Portland so that she can see the latest damage for herself. Now, part of the reason I'm reading this story is this next sentence here. It's interesting. Ms. Carter, who is 85, has been downtown to the Oregon Historical Society where demonstrators have twice smashed out the windows, recently scrawling no more history on the side of the building. Did a podcast on that. And literally, no more history. We don't want history. No more history. Okay. How are we going to do that? Because as time marches on, it kind of becomes history, right? I mean, Time is a fluid thing that keeps on going. But okay, let's not get, you know, stuck in the, the minutia here. Let's not read into the details. No more history. Let's say that that's a thing. Uh, and that was on the side of the building. She has driven past the local headquarters of the Democratic Party where windows have also been shattered. All right. Last week, she found herself at the Boys and Girls Club in her own neighborhood, nearing tears as the scene of costly window destruction at a place she worked so hard to support. She's 85. She's driving around going, what is going on in my city? Portland was a beautiful city, said Miss Carter, who was the first black woman elected to the Oregon Legislative Assembly and is now retired. Now you walk around and you see all the graffiti, buildings being boarded up. I get sick to my stomach and I get angry. 85-year-old black woman, she's driving around going, what is going on here? Yeah, it's, I think anybody that drives around um, has the same reaction. Like, 
uh, get me out of here. Uh, can we go now? I don't, I really want to go into 7 Eleven, but man, that's sketchy. I went into the sketchiest 7 Eleven in Portland when I was down there for one night. One night? Yeah. One night uh, last summer, and um, they're protesting their different level. It is professional. It is not the A-League we have here in Seattle. Those guys are pros. I mean, that is the real deal as far as protesting goes. And by peaceful protesting, I mean not so peaceful. Almost a year of non-continuous, of near-continuous protests since the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Portland city leaders are signaling that it may be time for a more aggressive crackdown on the most strident street actions. How long does this need to go on for before we actually do something? I don't know. It seems like a long time. Is this going to go right on through summer or what are we going to do? I watch in order to kind of clear my head and be able to do these podcasts and have a handle on these storylines. I got to clear my head every now and then. So I watch a lot of rock trivia videos like the life and times of Billy Idol. Now, if you don't know who Billy Idol was, he had Rebel Yell and a bunch of other really great songs in the 80s. He came out of a punk background. He was the lead singer of Generation X, which was an amazing punk band, crossed over into mainstream rock. Back in the day, Billy Idol holed himself up in a hotel room in Thailand and refused to come out. He was just having himself a ball. There could have been some illegal substances there, you know, maybe some girls that he probably wasn't married to, um, some destruction. There could have been some complaints of the nearby hotel rooms, but he was holed up for three weeks in a hotel room before the authorities called in the military. And you know what they did? They shot him with a tranquilizer gun and hauled his rear end out of there and then billed him for a quarter million dollars in damages that he had done to the hotel room. Oh, Billy, that's... That is rock star right there. Quarter million, you get hit with a tranquilizer gun and they haul you out. That is aggressive action there. That is, we need this problem solved. What are we going to do? Don't care if he's a rock star. Shoot him in the rear end with a tranquilizer gun. When he goes down, we'll haul him out of here just like an animal because he was acting like one. These guys are acting like animals too. Just going around bashing windows for, you know, they, they claim they've got a reason. They've got a direct action protest going on. But for the life of me, I can't really hone in on what they're protesting for, against, with, about. It's it's unknown to me. Don't really know. Um, but yeah, the thing that happened to Billy Idol, mm, that's, that, that's aggressive. And when I heard that, I'm like, you could do that. You could just tranquilize these guys, put them in jail. I don't know. You could. Just saying. Mayor Ted Wheeler himself, a target of many of the protests, as he oversaw a police department that has repeatedly turned to aggressive tactics, last week put into place a state of emergency that lasted six days, and he vowed to unmask those demonstrators who engaged in repeated acts of vandalism or arson, saying it was time to hurt them a little bit. Mm, okay, I understand that we're figuratively saying hurt them a little bit. Mm, yeah. Okay. Mayor Ted, um, I don't know. Um, I, I, I just, I wouldn't go with, I, I don't go with any words that people can pick apart and say, 
in business anyway. Here in the podcast, I say all kinds of crap because I'm a real estate guy. Nobody should really listen to me. It's like listening to um, LeBron James on stuff other than basketball. Why would you? It's like listening to Joe Rogan on stuff other than UFC fighting and being a professional comedian and podcasting you know, the business of podcasting, why would you really listen to him on, you know, whether you should get the vaccination or not? People just think, Oh, he's got influence. Oh, we got to put a muzzle on him. Choose your words carefully is my bottom line. And in business, I choose my words super carefully, so that you can't, you know, try and use my words against me and say, Oh, he said this. Now, just be super careful and, you know, but I understand where you're going with this, Mayor Ted. The demonstrations over racial justice, justice and police violence have struck a chord with many Portland residents, and the mayor's effort has infuriated some in the progressive city's more liberal corners. What are you doing, Mayor Ted? They're just peaceful protesters. Mr. Wheeler's call for, out, for crowdsourced surveillance he wants everybody to unveil the peaceful protesters. And that is alarmed civil rights act advocates and critics say the city has failed to bring an end to acts of violence by the Portland Police Bureau, a demand echoed by hundreds of demonstrators who have not destroyed property. All right, we're not talking about them, are we? No, we're not. And I dare you to show me how many of these protests actually ended up peacefully without somebody getting arrested, without somebody breaking something, without somebody tagging something. I dare you to show me how many of those were actually along those lines. I think early on, there were a handful across the United States, but so many of them ended up in violence. And that's what we're talking about. All right. I, I myself attended one in Seattle and people were just waiting for something to happen. It never really did. The police just kind of handled it really well. They've got some crowd tactics they use that are actually pretty interesting to watch. I mean, they've got the science of that down when they are allowed to. It's amazing. It's kind of like this, this is, this is kind of a, I know my life's probably in danger here being at this protest, but this is an entertaining thing to watch. The police just do their thing. They march in at a certain point. They've got this crowd control. They've got this flow going on. And you're like, this is really, I mean, it's like an art crowd control. I don't understand it. I just stand there and hope that I don't get caught in the crossfire. Um, one of the latest flashpoints came this month when a police officer fatally shot a man, Robert Delgado, in a city park, a shooting that authorities have largely not explained. So now we're going to another issue that is being handled in the legal system, and we're trying to look at that instead of what about all this peaceful protesting that's not so peaceful? That's the thing we're focusing on here. Teresa Rayford, a community organizer who founded the nonprofit Don't Shoot PDX, said activists were focused on saving lives while city leaders seem to be focused on saving windows. No, I don't think so. But when you bash out windows on a nightly basis, there's going to have to be some consequences to the actions. Because believe it or not, it is illegal to bash out storefront windows. I'm just saying, right? And the article I just read, Goldmark Jewelers, they're going to close. So it's not that we're just trying to save some inanimate glass. Politicians aren't in love with glass, but you guys know what I'm saying. That's where this, this whole thing is just kind of like, what? 
what are we doing? There would not be protests if police didn't con continue to murder people, Ms. Rayford said. Well, it doesn't even seem that we're doing the whole anti-police thing anymore. We're doing a bunch of other pro direct action protests, none of which seem to be concentrated effort. But the bottom line is the common denominator is just want to bash some windows. I wish we cared about life as much as we care about property. Protests erupted in thousands of communities around the country after Mr. Floyd's death, but most gradually petered out. But Portland, Portland, by contrast, had nightly protests for months what, 120, 150 days straight, something like that, with a broad swath of the community demanding changes to confront racism and in inequity in the criminal justice system. The police bureau exacerbated tensions using force and tear gas in ways that have drawn the ire of judges in the Justice Department. I think that's nonsense. I really do. Bunch of crybabies. Let's be honest. But the crowd sizes have waned and figures such as Terry Porter how old is that dude? I remember that guy. He's Terry Porter, the former Trail, uh, Portland Trailblazers player. Was he a guard? I think he was a, I think he was a guard, Terry Porter. And they've called out for an end to the destructive demonstrations. Good. Somebody needs to. The rest of us are standing on the sideline going, uh, excuse me. This is like gone into, you know, quintuple overtime. Uh, when's this game going to be over? Because. You know, the, all the participants in this game are, you know, they're leaving. Uh, what are we doing here? Mr. Wheeler seemed to use last week's conviction of Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer who murdered, murdered Mr. Floyd, as an opportunity to bring the most raucous of the protests to a close. Because it's time and we need to wrap this up. As people around the country went into the streets to cheer the conviction, some businesses in Portland boarded up their windows once again. I talked about that. Hey, either which way this thing goes down, you're gonna have some protests. And we did. We had a bunch of, a, you know, um, arrests on May Day, just people go ah, we went from April to May, therefore, we're going to bash windows. That night, a small group of activists wearing black approached a group of journalists, threatening to smash the cameras of those who remained on the scene. Why is it that if they are doing a cause that they so strongly believe in, they don't want to have anybody filming them. I find that very interesting, don't you? It's like, okay. Um, and they will literally on their advertisements on their online social media say no streamers, because they don't want a record of this activity out there being streamed to social media, because it all just gets passed around, right? Everybody sees it. And you're like, well, that's not a very peaceful protest. Huh? How about that? The group later shattered windows at two Starbucks stores. One man was arrested after throwing a punch at a police officer. The crowds the city has seen are often made up of amorphous groups of people who come for different reasons. Chris Davis, the deputy police chief, estimated there were 150 to 200 people among the regular protesters who were prone to engage in property destruction, although the demonstrations offer, often feature smaller numbers. I've seen anywhere um, when I was there last summer, I saw anywhere in Seattle from like 50 to maybe, I mean, at chop, geez, there were, that, I mean, a couple thousand, some big, big crowds, you know, at least a thousand people. Was there a thousand people on uh, Cal Anderson Park? Probably in the surrounding park, probably. 
A lot of people, those protesters often seen in identity concealing black apparel and engaging in vandalism are a mix of anarchists and police abolitionists, said David Myers, an activist who has joined many of the city's protests. He said that while he was okay with those engaging in property damage to apply pressure on city officials unwilling to oppose change, he bemoaned that some of those demonstrators seem to be sidelining the original Black Lives Matter message and harming the cause. That's where it's like, what are they protest? I don't think they've, I don't think they're really doing anything like constructively. I've read some of the, you know, the reasoning. This is why we're doing what we're doing. You know, there's been some recent uh, interviews with Antifa or black bloc clad friends. And it's really confusing to try and figure out, okay, you say that we're supporting the property more than we are the people but then you guys are out just breaking stuff getting into fights and this doesn't make a lot of sense in some cases he said businesses owned by black people or which support the black community have been attacked yep how about the freaking portland trailblazers boys and girls club terry porter player for portland you know, the trailblazers trailblazers you know they won the nba championship right before the Seattle Supersonics did. So, you know, I'm a kid. I play basketball. I played basketball. You, I do not support the NBA anymore. That is some nonsense going on there. So let me make that very clear. NBA, most professional sports, I do not support because we have crossed the lines of politics and sports. I want to watch some guys put a round ball in a hoop. I want to see that. I want to see a guy run the ball up the middle, you know, try and crash through a bunch of other big guys. I don't want to hear a bunch of politics. I, I want to be entertained by sports. I don't want to have, you know, I read enough about just this nonsense going on. I, I did, you know, NBA, ugh, just crazy. But back in the day, you just have basketball, Terry Porter. And uh, Portland, man, they had some great basketball teams. Bill Walton, that guy was amazing. If he wouldn't have been hurt, that guy's a um, pretty good white ball player got to be honest, right? So I think everybody in that mix wants to say they are Black Lives Matter supporters, but their actions show otherwise, Mr. Meyer said. That's what's going on. And so you've, you've just got this big conflict of stuff happening. And um, will Portland's will Portland's leadership, specifically Mayor Ted, will he drop the hammer? Will he figuratively shoot somebody with a tranquilizer gun to bring them down, to bring them to justice? Probably not. I mean, that's figuratively speaking. But um, I think something's got to happen. And something's going to happen one way or the other. These protests seem to just keep on going. And um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they wrap this up or how they try and wrap this up. Now, this stuff has been going on. Portland has been... You know, we've had this stuff going on in the Pacific Northwest for a long time. We had the whole um, World Trade Organization, um, you know, all the economic riots back in the 1990s. I was raising kids and I say I was knee deep in diapers. I really wasn't because my ex-wife did most of that. I was working, trying to create a career and feed my family. I was out hustling. I wasn't bashing out windows in my mid, you know, 20s. I was working for a family. And, um, you know, it just seems like there's got to come to an end for this stuff. I don't know when that's going to happen. Will it happen? Just going to have to kind of wait and see and see what goes on. But 
this activism has been going on for a long, long time in the Pacific Northwest. I remember it going on when I was a kid. It's like, what are those guys doing? And my parents weren't real political, so I didn't really get a lowdown on that. But this has been going on a long time. It's just been really exacerbated by, you know, some of the the police activity, the things that have happened on a on a national basis, and people have really honed in on that. And now I think we've got this, hey, that's not really a Black Lives Matter message. You're not really, no, nah, the message has been hijacked. So, and that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a hijacked message. Where is it going to go? How's it going to end? I don't know. But it certainly needs to get curtailed because otherwise, Goldmark Jewelers, and I think there was an optical an optician or something talking about closing down business and a handful of others I've read. Uh, it's like, I can't really blame them. I wouldn't want to have a shop there either. Having to deal with boarding up your windows and putting glass in, that's expensive stuff. We've talked about the insurance implications a tons of times. You're not going to get insured or your insurance rates are going to triple, quadruple. So you're going to be forced to pay out of pocket You're, you know, for this stuff. You're not going to be making a ton of money because during the Rona and during, you know, this whole thing where people are not working in their high rises in downtown, you've got a lack of business coming in anyway. We talked about the foot traffic here at the beginning. Foot traffic is an, an incredible influence and way that people get business in these downtown businesses. People walking around. There's no people walking around in downtown Portland right now. And so business owners, if they're getting rocked, you know, they're getting hit in a bunch of different directions. Yeah, I don't really need my downtown Portland store anymore. My lease is coming up. Ooh, yeah. Hey, can we renegotiate that dollar per square foot? We need we need to talk. We need to reimagine my lease because I'm imagining not having my lease right now because I'm going to move my business elsewhere or I'm financially set. Been doing this 46 years. You guys can have your building back. Good luck with that. I'd recommend you boarding up the windows or keep them boarded up though, because those guys out there, whoo, who knows? Who knows? That's that's kind of where we sit is we are talking about some more direct action to the protesters. Well, let's have to see what goes on. Either which way, I'll cover it for you right here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. All right, that's it for me on this one. I am out. Um, you guys have fun. Go do something fun. I'm recording this on a Thursday. Stay safe. We'll see you in the next one. Okay. Talk then. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.